flammes que tu allumes au creux d'un lit pauvre ou rupin pour le plaisir qui s'y consume dans la toile ou dans le satin pour les enfants que tu ranimes au fond des dortoirs chérubins pour les pétales anonymes comme la rose du matin Thank you Satan Pour le voleur que tu recouvres de ton chandail tendre et rouquin Pour les portes que tu lui ouvres sur la tanière des rupins Pour le condamné que tu veilles à l'abbaye du mont en l'air Pour le rhum que tu lui conseilles et le mégot que tu lui sers Pour les étoiles que tu sèmes dans le rebord des assassins et pour ce cœur qui va quand même dans la poitrine des putains Pour les idées que tu maquilles dans la tête des citoyens Pour la prise de la bassine même si ça ne sert à rien Welcome, it's Monday night, it's 6 o'clock, it's time for the Joke Workshop here on Mutiny Radio. There's lots of comedians here, they want to do their jokes for you. We're very excited about that. Please remember, there are microphones all around, and those are for you to give your comments on the jokes that you hear. So take notes, pay attention, and uh, just remember this workshop is as good as you make it, because you're in the workshop, yay. Uh, Please remember, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. Nice compliments on the forefront and the back end and the poop in the middle. Seasoned well. The nice truffle salt. Your first comedian of the night. He's going to make you laugh. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Dan Shively. Hey, guys. Is this working? I can't hear myself. All right, cool. All right, I got a few new things, and it's a workshop, so I'm going to try it out. It's the rough cut. It's also just really horrible things to say, so try not to hate me. Um, So, this is real. I used to be a behavioral therapist for special ed kids, and I was really bad at it, but that's okay, because nobody noticed. Yep, that's about what I expected. Okay, this second one is not a joke, but it's just a sentence I wrote last week, and I thought it's a really cool sentence. So, here it goes. Walter wondered whether the weather would warrant a better sweater. Okay. I took a CPR class, because I want to make out with more babies. No, I'll stop. (laughs) All right, this is new stuff. I was in a bad mood last week, so there you go. Um, All right, so I'm on a family vacation. We're in the Grand Canyon. I'm like 15 or 16 years old, and we're at dinner, and we get a phone call. And it's the neighbor. Our, our family dog has died, who was named Daisy. And we are all distraught. And my mother is crying. 
and my dad, trying to comfort her, reaches his hand across the table, puts his hand on top of her hand, and he says, if we were in Korea, we'd be eating Daisy right now. <laughs> oh, comedy. That was the funniest thing I'd ever heard at the time. Um, okay, so I got in an Uber the other day, and my Uber was pissed. He was in a bad mood. He said he'd just gotten an email saying that one of his passengers had complained that he was saying like really awful discriminatory things. And he said, I would never say something like that. I'm a, I'm a good person. It makes me really hate driving in San Francisco. And I said, hey man, don't worry about that. People in this city are too fucking sensitive. Fast forward the conversation about two minutes. And he was like, yeah, all I'm saying is I just don't think gay people should be able to adopt babies. Well, that, there's a problem. Say, fellow, where are you from? Does anybody, I don't think you, I've said this for you guys yet. Anybody want to take a guess at where he was from? Here's a hint. It's exactly where you fucking think. No? No guesses? It was Texas. Ha ha ha. Thanks, guys. Looks like a bunch of winners in here. Yeah, we're all winners in the beginning. Fastest sperms to the egg. We all won the race. Yes, winners. Except for if you're my smelly twin brother, Tom. He came in second, so fuck him. I just want to go back in history and like talk to other second fastest sperms of famous people. Like, I want to talk to Hitler's second fastest sperm and just be like, Heinrich, you fuck, why didn't you swim faster? You fucked us all over. I think he would have been a, uh, like a Sea World guy in Germany. I think he would have trained sea lions. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would have just been walking around German Sea World like, up, Fluffy. I love you guys. <laughs> Last one. Okay, so I'll make it a quick one. Um, I'm also a private investigator. I follow people around for a living in my car. Uh, and at the end of my cases, sometimes I'll turn on Uber driver mode because I'm an Uber driver. Because sometimes the person that I'm following needs an Uber ride. I fucked that up. Anyway, I, I get into... a. I, I have a passenger come in. His name's Gerald. He's a really old guy. He goes, hey, how's it going? And uh, we start to drive away, and I tell him that I'm a PI, and he's kind of impressed, so I tell him a little more. And, <laughs> and I say, because sometimes the person I'm following needs an Uber ride, and Gerald goes, oh, let me out of the car. I need to get out right now. And I'm like, you're too old to be cheating on Ethel. Thanks, thanks, guys. That was, I fucked that last time. <laughs> Dan Shively! Yay! This is the point on Joke Workshop where you pick up microphones and talk to Dan. Um, the joke, the Tahoe joke you set up with the dog, um, maybe you could have something else in there where you're making us believe that the parents are giving him a hard time about people in other countries that are hungry. So it's sort of like a classic thing, like eat everything, there's people in other countries that are hungry. 
Right, right. The if we were in Korea, Daisy died. That joke. Yeah, but yeah. maybe then that's the, you're surprising us with that's what they're actually saying. Hey, Allison, is there an on-off switch on that? Oh, is that better? Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, just to soften it, you know, like maybe, or, or, or just to, to give us the idea that we're headed down one path of thinking that you're talking about kids finishing their meal, and then you're like, actually, no, I'm talking about people eating dog, which is your choice I, I, if you want to go that route. I think uh, when you do stories, like there, there's definitely something there. But I think like maybe if you didn't tell them completely in chronological order or like reveal detail later, that would surprise the audience more. It would, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Just work with like the. Well, so like for example, in his Uber joke, like start with the guy in his car, like the old guys in his car, and like work backwards. Yeah. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The old guys I, in the back of the car, yeah, exactly. and you start talking about stuff, and then you slowly reveal that you're. <laughs> I did the punchline first. <laughs> <laughs> you slowly reveal that you're a PI. Like that's what comes out after that you're an Uber driver. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's like a. But do, like a setup. Yeah. And when you're asking where he was from, I was trying to think of which country, and I was like, so many countries are homophobic. So that's why we, we didn't get Texas. Ah. Yeah. Plus, so much of our country, too, though. Yeah. It's not obvious it's Texas. I should give a better hint than that. That could be a state. It'd be like any of 42 states, really. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, <laughs> Where did you give some? Oh, yeah, you're right, America. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, any other comments? All right, clap wildly, everyone, for Dan Shively. Taking the bullet for you. All right, you're an ex comedian. Funny lady, put your hands together for Trish Pandya. Around the house. He talks, he talks, he talks. That's new. A little about me, I just turned 33 a couple days ago. Uh, My mom said, Tereshna, listen to me. Your eggs are dying. Your vagina is like a house in San Francisco. Nobody wants to buy it because there's a hipster inside of it. Uh, Last week I was called the fugly Indian version of Penelope Cruz. I was like, oh my God. My dad is actually talking to me. That sucks. Uh, I hate it when people tell me that I'm Indian, like I don't know that I'm Indian. That's like telling, uh, what's his name? That's telling George Lopez that he's Mexican or Denzel Washington that he's black or telling Donald Trump that he's a crazy douchebag retarded cunt. I think a lot of people think our country is going backwards, but I don't think that's true. I don't know if you heard, but The Rock was voted the sexiest man alive. Yeah, he's Samoan and Canadian. If that's not social progress, I don't know what the fuck you guys want. I kind of want him to be present so we could say we had Barack and then we had The Rock. Uh, Last week my friend was telling me, Trish, you're like not Indian enough. You know, you need to like have more Indian friends. And I was like, really not Indian enough? He was like, yeah, you need to have like mostly Indian friends. And I was like, that's narrow-minded. So I told him to get his slurping and get the fuck out of my store. I like all ethnicities. I'm friends with Caucasians, African-Americans, the women who show off their thigh gap on Instagram. 
they're terrible. I don't know why they do that. It's like, go fucking eat something. Um, a lot of Americans took things that were originally ours. Yoga, meditation, laziness. There's a reason why all Bollywood films have so much dancing. Because we're too lazy to write the script. I can just imagine this Bollywood director. Rajiv, come here. I'm very tired from shaving my back. Please, help me write the script. Come here. Stop changing the light bulbs. Stop changing. We need to write the script. Oh, wait a minute. I hate that joke. I hate, I hate that joke so much. But again, I'm a laugh whore. Um, yeah, so a little thing about me. Um, I want people to think that I'm young, like teenager young. Uh, like if a guy's interested in me, I want him willing to go to prison in order to see my vagina on his iPhone. I think the reason I want people to think that I'm young because I'm going to be 35. Being in your 30s is hard because my body wants to have babies like a teenager. It's like, hell yeah, let's do this thing. But my brain is like an old man. No, get the coat hanger. That's sad. Uh, my friends keep telling me, Trish, being in your 30s is awesome because you're finally comfortable with who you are. And they're right. I am comfortable with who I am. The problem is that I'm comfortable with being a terrible person. Um, I refuse to take Uber rides from Asian drivers. Not because I think they're bad drivers, but they're greedy motherfuckers. There's always like a 3.0 surcharge. Um, I hate white women that like the band Journey. I like being the token minority room to help white people feel less racist. Uh, I've had a boyfriend a couple years now. Um, before we went out, I hadn't gone dating in a while, so I went on eHarmony for dating tips. And it told me, um, on your first date, don't drink too much, talk too much, or unleash your emotional baggage on the first date. So I don't get to do anything I want? What is there to do? All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. All right, people in the gallery, this is your time. Uh, when you were talking about um, people telling you that you're Indian, and then you made three comparisons, and they were each funny comparisons, but they're all super famous people. So maybe you want to make a joke about that. Like, why are you comparing, why is that comparison only to famous people? Um, because you're the only person that's not famous in those, I mean, no offense, yeah, yeah, yeah. in those examples. <laughs> One day, right. So maybe there's a joke in that. Like you had the three jokes for like, you had the joke about Trump being a piece of shit, but then you could make another joke maybe. You're self-deprecating, like, and I compare myself to famous people. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I see what you're Random doing. thought. I want to know... Uh, why white girls that like Journey are such a problem. I feel like you could go, <laughs> you could explain that. You just kind of throw it away, and I'm like, <gasps> explain what's wrong with me. Take us on that journey. <laughs> yeah, take us on the journey. I mean, because you just, in that whole thing, there's a whole, you kind of threw away a bunch of premises. Like, you just sort of like, in, you listed a bunch of premises on the way, do you know? So I feel like going in depth will help us more like why why do you hate girls I would think that you would love girls that like Journey because then you know you have songs to sing at karaoke I don't know like <laughs> yeah you also said I like being the minority the token minority to make white people feel less racist like I think you need to give an example like maybe people want to hang out with like an Indian person because it makes them like like oh I have a friend who's a software engineer and then like you're not even a software engineer or something <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
If you shorten the Donald Trump punchline, it'll be a little punchier. Instead of saying he's a shitty douche, just say doucher or just like a couple words. And what was it? Oh, if you did like some kind of basic uh, how many Indians does it take to change a light bulb joke at some point in your Indian oh, section, then when funny. you do the Bollywood, uh, why are you changing that light bulb? Then it's a callback. So funny. Why screwing a light bulb jokes? I love them. I've got like three in. I have three in my arsenal. Have a couple screwing the light bulb jokes. Yeah, with like girls who love Journey. <laughs> That'll make sense. No, seriously, that that's a really good idea, Molly. Do you have any? Other, is there anything else going on? Dun, 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 dun. Yay, Trish Pena! It would be nice if you would take off your pants. All right, your next comedian. Uh, love it when he's here. I don't know how he's dealing with his life. Uh, do, as a, as a, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. As a Segway driver, when it rains, do you still do the tours? Is it dangerous? You just do them. Do you wear like goggles, or you just help? Not you just to helmet. You're fine. Just, just terrible ponchos. Uh, I, I'm envisioning him squirreling down the street in a terrible poncho. Put your hands together, everyone, for John Gallagher! Nice to feel so free. He doesn't know. I don't know how his life is. That's fucking hilarious. Or no, wait, what was, it was better than that. I don't know how he's dealing. I don't know how my life works. Oh, that's funny. Fucking hilarious. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, uh, so, um... As a, this is a big year. I'm 29. Uh, this marks the 29th consecutive year that I have made the mistake of spending Thanksgiving with my parents and family. Isn't that... Keep making that same mistake I'm trying to change. Uh, but I did not brush up on my psychological warfare this year. Uh, it was fucking horrible. Got, me, got into two fights like immediately, <laughs> like two almost fist fights with my family. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I was looking up just general family dynamics. And I realized I'd come across Googling the term gaslighting. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what gaslighting is. That is where you argue or you put down somebody's argument by just telling them they're crazy and just making shit up and dismiss like history, like real shit that happened. And I realized like, oh, this is how we communicate. Like this is everybody in my family's actual communication is gaslighting. And it got so bad. At one point, my mother who lived in Japan for a year was arguing with me that Okinawa was not part of Japan. Like, have you ever had a screaming argument about a fact that anybody can Wikipedia? That's fucking, like, it's crazy. It was just textbook. Uh, it's fucking insanity. The other one was, they started, my family started calling gravy dressing. Like, and I just was like, when did we, why did we start doing this? <laughs> and they're like, we've always done this. It's like, are we fucking, is everybody also wearing top hats and monocles? Who the fuck calls gravy dressing? This is some crazy aristocracy shit. I don't understand any of this at all. Um, but yeah, these are the things that provoked giant fights. Uh, other thing, uh, it's Dan was talking about winners. We are all winners. Eggs, huh? Uh, the people, the sperm that won are the ones that got to the eggs first. And then after you're out of the egg, you make, you're perceived as more successful by, you know, having a lot of sex. Going back towards the egg, as if it were if you're a man, or, you know, if you're a lesbian lady, whatever, hanging around eggs. Just be successful. If you want to be successful, you hang around eggs. That's all you do. So that's what I'm going to change in my life. Uh, <laughs> what's the, the other one? See, it's a cool joke. <laughs> 
I uh, was doing a segue tour. We're talking about segueing a little bit. Um, I uh, I was going to be out of it, but I was going back, and I'm a little rusty. I was helping an Asian woman uh, onto a Segway, because Asians love Segways. Uh, well, everybody everybody loves Segways. It's just a, I like to blanket with a broad, racist brush. You'll see why in a second. Because uh, I'm helping this woman get on uh, the Segway, and I was just trying to comfort her, make her feel a little better, and I was like... Oh, it's your specialty in school. She's like, oh, I'm going to school for nursing. And I was like, you know what? I could see that. He's like, oh, why? Because I'm Asian? And I looked at her. I was like, uh. And I was like, oh, yes. It was exactly because she was Asian. That is exactly why I thought that. Because apparently, if you ask somebody if, or, or you tell somebody that they are be a good nurse, you're basically going, you're Filipino. That's, what, that's all that means. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. The other thing, too, is I made my life a lot better, and I didn't know that uh, uh, you could, if you just inject 80s action movie tropes into just every day, life becomes a lot better. Uh, and I'll give you an example of what was happening. I was, I was doing another thing later in the tour. This lady waves at me on the street, person on my tour goes, oh, did you know that person? And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know her, but she knows me. And then they're like, what does that mean? And I turn around, I'm wearing sunglasses, and I just go, from her dreams. <laughs> and... <laughs> Did you know you could just be the coolest motherfucker of all time every day? Yes. Shit, I could do that all, all day. Uh, anyway, that's it. Bye. John Gallagher, the coolest motherfucker every day. Were, were you on a Segway when you did that? I was. Yeah, I should have said that. I think that that, to me, is really funny because... No offense, but I find Segways so dorky. Oh, totally, yeah. And so it would be funny to give that visual that you do that on a Segway, and then you just talk about how cool you are like, oh, for sure. with those shades on mm -hmm. that Segway. Okay. Um, I think that maybe the this Asian guy could like turn it around and be like, oh, you're a Segway driver? Like, are you a comedian or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was a lady. That's, that's fair. A Asian girl, Asian girl. Yeah. The Asian story. hot lady. I just want to specify that again. You could try uh, instead of being like, um, what is it? When you phrase the monocle thing, uh -huh. uh, oh, do we wear monocles or something like that? I forget your exact phrasing. We could phrase it like you're remembering you were doing something absolutely ridiculous uh -huh. that didn't happen. Like, oh yeah, like how we've always been wearing monocles, oh, yeah, and that yeah. turkey's really called potatoes or like whatever. Okay, thing. yeah, that's a good idea. Thank you. And it, I don't think it would hurt. I mean, if you want to extend it to have like an act out there where you just start yelling about nothing. Like, oh, it's called, sure. it's <laughs> stuffing is called dressing. It's not, <laughs> turkey, gr gravy is gravy, okay? Oh but, yeah, that's all good. But stuffing is dressing. Or pass the whatever. Oh yeah, thank you. Okay. Technically Perfect. stuffing, technically dressing is stuffing that's been cooked inside of a bird. See, I could I could have been on your side on this fight. Oh, <laughs> I would see, have had there, yeah, there we so go. So dressing is something that was cooked inside the bird. Therefore, it has bird juices, which is yeah. why I could, that's I guess what, it could Yeah, well, that's what I was, I was always there, but it's just great. I was like, these fucking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like, just, you feel like you've been living in an alternate universe. You know what I mean? Just small shit. It doesn't have to, okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Yay! Yay. He's gonna punch it up in your butt. Yay! Hell, John Gallagher. <laughs> do, 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 do. Moving on. Uh, here we are on the Joke Workshop on MutinyRadio.fm. Your next comedian. He is one of our uh, our new regulars here at the Joke Workshop and at Happy Hour also on Fridays. Clap wildly in a slappy-like motion for Matthew Banks. All right. How's everyone doing? Wonderful. I had a shit day. I uh, had a faculty meeting all day. 
on embracing diversity. <laughs> Basically, that's a bunch of white people bragging about how great they are at race relations. It was, oh my God, could we please just shut up? We're we look bad enough. My God. And then you've always got that one moron that brings up something like way off topic just so they look cool. It's like, so what are we going to do about our trash problem? Or some, oh my God. I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. Luckily, I don't have to deal with them often. But um, so I've been sober like 10 years. Um, yeah, I actually just celebrated. I'm not like one of those prudes, though, that like judges other people for drinking or smoking or whatever. Good Lord, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to talk to anybody here if you did that. But, um, but like I look at people that don't do any drugs or drink like, like they're really, really fucking weird. Like, you mean to tell me that you walk through life like sober? Like, like you're able to deal with all this shit without any sort of substance? I mean, it took a lot of work for me to get comfortable sober. Um, let's see. So I'm against reading now. Finally accepted it. Uh, can't stand it. I mean, I don't care if you read, but like, don't try to force it on me too. It's been forced on me all my life and I just, oh my God, I'm over it. I can't think of like one instance in my life where I'm like, God damn, I wish I would have read. You know, like something like really important, like when I when I accidentally killed my friend, like, oh, fuck, I wish I'd have read The Outsiders. Then I know what to do right now. I, oh, man, it drives me crazy. And I was reading, like, just to try to prove this joke to be valid. Like, the smarter you are, the more likely you are to commit suicide. So look out, guys. Stop your reading. Uh, so I'm from the South, in case you can't tell this far. Um, one thing down south is like, like to say goddamn is like horrible. It's, I mean, it's like the N word here, or in there they kind of praise that. But anyway, um, but like they won't even say goddamn. They like say GD. It's like such a thing, you know. And um, I started dating this girl from Boston, and like it was like every other word for her. And I was like, dude, you gotta chill out with the with the goddamn. Like we're gonna get struck by lightning or something. Like freaked out, you know. And she was like, all right, all right, I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to tone it down or whatever. I was like, thank you. And then like a year later, she comes to me and she's like, I don't get why, why I can't say goddamn, but you can say cunt. And I was like, you're exactly right. I was like, I have a lot of respect for the vagina. And I should not be saying its name in vain. Um, that's going to go somewhere. What else? Oh, I just got back from Nashville for the holiday. Holy shit, the racism down there. Um, I figure, what else am I going to do in Nashville? I'm going to go shopping for some boots. And uh, this, dude, this dude was like trying to sell me these boots. I'm like, dude, I don't think they're going to fly in San Francisco. He's like, well, you shove them up them queers' ass is what you do. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck to do, so I just go along with it, you know? Like, I don't want to be hated. God forbid. Um... I'm a very compassionate person, like really compassionate. And um, I was on the subway the other morning, and there was this dude that wouldn't give up a seat for the old lady that just walked on the train, and I'm like staring at him. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you're not going to give up your seat for this old lady? I mean, I give her mine, but I'm comfortable. <laughs> I think there should be like an age limit. Like, you can't get on until like past 9 o'clock or something. I'm fucking around. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Matthew Banks, and now it's your turn to tell him what you think of his old lady jokes and other things about racism and stuff. 
Allison Hooker took notes. She's leaning in. She's leaning out. Jeff Dean's picking um, it up. When you said uh, she can't say God damn it, but you can say cunt, I think that's funny because like God probably can't hear you or like if he does, he's got so many other things. He's also hearing like it doesn't matter. But like women everywhere can hear cunt. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, when you said like a year later is when she brings this up. I've heard you tell this joke before, and you, I think you had a throwaway of like commenting on how weird she is to like wait a year to bring it up, and I found that really funny, because women do tend to like hold things, like we don't yeah. f- let them go, and so I think that's a funny joke inside there. But also, maybe there's a way to set up like why you said the word cunt, and because maybe just introduce that, because it seems like a leap. Oh, yeah. But once you throw that away, maybe that'd be better. And then, um, Maybe you could say goddamn in response to what the boot salesman says. <laughs> or some callback to goddamn later. Maybe. What do they think of that song? I said shit. Goddamn. Is there a song like that's like a popular dance song yeah. that says goddamn constantly in it? It's just is it just hated in the South? Eagles of death metal? <laughs> I said shit. Goddamn. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just throw out all my ideas tonight. But you could also, especially with the throwaway about the long wait, you could pause after she says, why can't, or why can't I say, goddamn, you can say cunt, and you can just pause like you're actually considering it for a second and kind of let the tension go before you're like, oh, you're right. And then that, and then you'd have dramatic whatever <laughs> and an extra pause. Okay. Is that it? Thanks, guys. Hooray! <laughs> from Nashville, flying around, yay. Did you do any open mics in Nashville? It's hard to get on open mics in Nashville because you gotta you gotta fight with all those uh, singer songwriter bitches. Every bitch has got a ukulele and she thinks she can do the Cure song that much better. You know what I'm saying? She can't. <laughs> and then they're like comedians. We don't want to listen to that. Uh, your next comedian, you, you definitely want to listen to this guy. Uh, people listen to him all day long on his bus. <laughs> he's, he's about, my parents actually sent me a thing. They were like, you could have a career, Pam, as a tour bus guide. And I was like, I sort of work at a radio station, but thanks, thanks, mom and dad. That's cool. Uh, your next comedian's a funny guy. You guys are going to love him. It's Greg Ghetto. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Uh... Uh, who's okay? Who's a transplant, in San Francisco? Transplants. I got a one over here, and maybe oh, we got four. four. Shit. Okay. Uh, that seemed aggressive. Uh, dating's weird in San Francisco. Like I'm from the Midwest, and I try to keep an open mind, but like I just expect the, like I I was on a date, a second date with somebody, and I, we came back to my place, and she pulled out anal beads from her purse, and she says, "Is this going into you or me?" <laughs> On date two, like I, I'm from the Midwest, like that's what you do on your 30-year anniversary. Yes, is the anal beads. Like, what do you do on your 30-year anniversary if your second date is anal beads? Like, I don't know how you get. To, what do you do next to spice things up? I don't understand. Uh, but I was, uh, I was seeing a girl 
like three weeks. We were seeing we each other for three weeks, and it was everything was going great. And I knew sex was right around the corner. And when I, and when sex happens for the first time, I put a lot of anxiety on myself because I want to make sure that she gets off. I want to make sure that she climaxes because I want to be a good lover. And but also sometimes my my penis doesn't allow that to happen. Um, so one night she was like, "Hey, do you want to come back to my place after this?" I was like, "Definitely." So what I did was I drank a little alcohol, did a couple bumps of cocaine uh, to numb it up. You know what I mean? Like I'm not picky. Just give me a couple minutes at the end of that stoppage time and so so we're, we're, we're back at her place we're making out everything's going great and then she passes out and I'm like oh fuck because I have to do this all over again which is shitty because cocaine's expensive I don't know if you guys know that I'm a bus tour guy I don't have a lot of money for cocaine but that's <laughs> that's how the relationship went for the next two weeks me getting high and drunk and her passing out and uh, and then I invited her to her show and I did this story in front of her because uh, I want to be like hey we should be fucking right and then but instead, we just broke up. Uh, what are you going to do? And then on Facebook later that night, she's like, why would you tell that story on stage? And I was like, why, why weren't we fucking? And she said, well, to be honest, Greg, I really like you, but I think you have a drug problem. Isn't that fucked up? Like, I did those drugs for her, guys. Like, that wasn't for me. That was to get her off. And if you can't see the romance in that, then step off. Like, where's that fucking Hallmark card? Like, this cocaine is for you. Dating's tough. Also, I'm going to close it out on this. Uh, I was on a date, and uh, we were, it was our first date, so we're kind of getting to know one, one another. So she, we're, we're t well, she's talking, I'm listening, and we're walking down Christie Field. And while, we're, while she's talking, I see, I see this thing in the sky. I've never seen this before in my life. Um, but it, like, it was really fucking big, and it lit up. It was like a C, like the letter C, and it lit up lime green like that. So it started from the bottom, and like it lit all the way up like that, and then disappeared. And then two seconds later, it appeared again, but it was like way farther in the bay, like way farther away. And, and I look at the girl, she's still talking. I'm like, did you, did you see that? And she said, yeah. And then she went back to what she was talking about. Like, she was like, so Stacy, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay, sorry to interrupt again, but uh, I think that was an alien. And she said, if anything, it was an alien ship. What? Semantics? You're, we just saw a UFO and you're going to call me on semantics right now? Are you serious? So I, I don't know what I saw that night, but I do know I stopped seeing her after that night. Uh, all right, guys, my name is Greg Gettle. Thank you so much, everybody. Greg Gettle! Yay! That was awesome. I can't have anything negative to say. About, I mean, it, you are, your energy is incredible. You took us through the story. You, the story was funny. That's I've seen you do that joke before, but it totally hit. Like the whole thing about the coke dick and the doing these drugs for you and the, all the tags, the car, the hallmark, all of it. It just all flow. I mean, I can. Any, I mean, we can all just tell him how great he is. If you guys want to tell him other parts you liked about his jokes, I don't know. Did anybody not like it? I don't know. I don't want to just like be effusive at the top and then. But it was really, it was really like a solid four. I thought. Just everyone's shaking their heads in a happy nodding like motion. Does anyone verbally agree about anything else about his set that they really liked? Tags that worked. Everybody's just saying he's. Does anybody? You guys want to get on your knees? There's an open space you can bow down. <laughs> In front, if you like, if you want to kiss his feet. There. Yay, Greg Gettle, yay! Yay, the awkward silence after someone has really good jokes. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's hap I guess it has to happen at some point. 
Uh, your next comedian, she's been uh, giving great feedback all night, sitting up there in the front. We're excited to hear her new stuff or old stuff or whatever stuff she wants to bring. Clap your hands wildly for Allison Hooker. Yay! Hey, guys. Greg, you should probably send her a dick pic of your dick just snorting a line of cocaine. That could be funny. Ladies in here, not very many of us left. Um, have you guys ever gotten dick pics sent to you? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you feel left out? Yes. Well, the good news is, is that now, uh, with Trump making all of his pics, we have a new dick pic every day on the news, don't we? Just every day, I'm like, wow, what a dick. Just dick pic after dick pic. It's crazy because uh, people who voted for Trump wanted someone who was going to help the working class. But Trump is so in bed with the top 1%. He's like, it's not even the, the top 1%. It's the top of the, the tip, tip of the 1%. You know, he's the foreskin of the dick. But it probably shouldn't be orange. He should get that checked. Um, I think it's funny ever since the election how many uh, rich white men, so I won't alienate you guys, rich ones, rich <laughs> white guys will uh, sort of respond like they're looking at people overreacting about the election, you know, like they're somehow being the calm one while UPMS or something. Uh, but it, they're, they're like, you know, it won't change much. It's like, well, yeah, for you. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna change much for rich white men at all. What, when's the last time anything has changed for them though, really? I mean, white men sort of have this, they have so little to complain about they don't really even have a reason to drink. They had to invent beer pong to find a reason to drink, right? No, no 200 years of oppression behind them there. Uh, but I'd love to see if like the demographics in this country changed enough that like a crass Mexican woman was elected president, you know, who just openly said something that was anti-white men. Like, wouldn't that be so, she didn't even have to say anything big, just a little bit, just an idea against white men, they'd be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I love it, I'm getting a nod from outside. <laughs> they'd be freaking out, you know? And I'd love to just be like, well, calm down. He hasn't done anything, she hasn't done anything yet. Let's give her a chance, we don't know. No. I don't know, you guys, maybe it's still too raw to talk about the election. It's, it, I kind of always thought the junior high elections were different than uh, the real presidential election, but it's pretty much the same. You know, just spread enough rumors about the other side to make them unpopular. Run around grabbing girls with your little tiny junior high hands. I, uh, I know we were all awkward in junior high. I'm gonna argue that I was especially awkward. Like I had all the classic things, you know, like the frizzy bangs and crooked teeth. Only my nipples had come in. Um, but I'm gonna argue that I, it was even more awkward for me because my name is Allison Hooker and I had to write my first initial and last name on my gym clothes. So it just said, a hooker, down the leg of my pants and across my chest. I don't know, you guys. I'm, uh, I'm doing a new joke about where I grew up, which is this little town called Half Moon Bay. And uh, people who like think they're hard because they're, they're from there. And I just want a little feedback on, uh, go ahead, you can blow it. I want a little feedback on what you think the best white-on-white -white crimes are that go down in that town. Uh, so I have some white-on-white -white crimes, just like throwing your trash away in your neighbor's bin, or running a stop sign on your bicycle. 
HOA violations, dropping in on someone's wave that they're already surfing, <laughs> breaking into your friend's mom's vacation home in Tahoe. Just serious white on white crime going on in my town. <laughs> all right, that's all for you guys, thanks. <laughs> Allison Hooker! White on white crime. I feel like you should pretend to get Craigslist things out of your notes and be like, I was looking on Craigslist for white on white crime and like read them out like, like um, condo, Half Moon Bay condo broken into missing bottle of 151 rum and two towels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's very funny though. Uh, thanks. Um, I really like the uh, what have white dudes like lost stuff, um, but I think it could be funny if you think of some examples to go into of like what white dudes have lost. Um, like it used to be they could grab your secretary's ass. Now you can't do that without getting elected president. Um, and just like maybe some examples that are actually more true, but just of like little things like now anyone can sit at the counter with you. Just kind of off in that vein. Nice. Thank you. That's good. Um, I think you could reorder the beer pong joke and like you don't need to like explain like white privilege really at all because it's just like such a known thing I think you could just be like like why why did people invent beer pong like do white guys not have like valid reasons to drink okay kind of okay (laughs) like I think it's a known thing (laughs) (laughs) what white white privilege yeah, I mean, that's a known thing. Yeah, I think we can say that's fact. Uh, white, white guys have it easy. I think we're saying it live on Mutiny Radio. <laughs> live on Mutiny Radio. <laughs> um, you have so many rich characters, and I want to see like more deep act-outs, and, and you could do like a throwaway line of not just, you know, don't just call people deplorables, really get into and then go for your white insults. Okay. And also, ah, going off Pam's thing, you could be like, I have some white and white crime right here, Yelp, and then just read reviews of oh, whatever. Oh, uh, okay. like. The sauce was cold. I, I don't know. Like, right, whatever. Right. Too okay. much salt. <laughs> too much salt. <laughs> you spit in my... Too much truffle oil. You, you too much or it's too much truffle oil. There's too much truffle oil in my goat cheese. I just couldn't do it. You know, it's like the marina. Uh, with the, the pecans were too roasted. Okay. Sorry, that's white and white crime. Oh, I had another thing. Oh, I love your A-hooker joke. It's like one of my favorite jokes in the history of your jokes. I love every time that you do the junior high the hooker thing <laughs> cool just big big hearts any anyone else have things to say yay yay, yay. put your hands together for Allison <laughs> Hooker yay alright moving right along on the list uh, I'm excited for our next comedian she's hilarious she uh, I love her accent and uh, all of her material because she comes uh, from a different place in time as us and so it's so new to me oh my goodness am I such a dick put your hands together for Heidi Mueller my lips ice cream well there still is no morning after pill and um the chocolate did not make the nightmare go away. I did not forward the um, chain letter and I didn't die. <laughs> and uh, 
The sun keeps rising and setting and the no sun thunderbolt mode. <laughs> my favorite asshole. Um, now, I'm, now I'm back at my problem. Fuck. <laughs> That's not the problem. <laughs> no, um, I have, I've been a, on a diet since I was born. I uh, was born with a pretzel in my mouth, my mother said. And um, you, know, you heard that thing about inside a fat person, there is a thin person trying to come out. That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> Inside of me is a fatter person trying to come out. I said, no, I'm not gonna fucking quit chocolate. So, but every time we go on a diet, some of us, uh, every time we start to date, we go on a diet. So we go out and we have a, a slice of, um, no, just a leaf of lettuce and maybe a, a water with a lemon in it. And then we go home and we eat all of the chocolate chip cookies, plus the candied yams and the, the chocolate cake. And that's how you really start a diet, you watch. You, when, when you start a diet, which is like living in uh, Hayward, because it takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> so, so you eat a whole loaf of uh, bread with uh, brie cheese, 60% fat. Then the two giant chocolate bars and a chocolate cake with whipped cream because you have to stack up. So a lot of you in here, you don't know how that is because that's not an, well, anyway. If uh, I, when I see Trump getting crowned king, it's gonna be two layers of seized candies. Uh, <laughs> so the other day I was standing in line at the Safeway and, and I saw a magazine and this blonde girl on it with this big tits, flat stomach, and it said, you can look like this with a chocolate diet. Mm -hmm. So immediately that was my diet. So I wanted to uh, lose 20 pounds, and now I have 30 to go. <laughs> yeah, doesn't work that way. Now I'm never gonna believe a National Enquirer again. So then there is something now going on, it's called the Stone Age diet. Okay, have you heard of it? No, it's regular, like bison, everything. But anyway, and there are, there are surveys that say people that are miserable, unhappy people, they die nine years younger than, uh, nine years earlier than uh, regular people. So if you're miserable, you're gonna die nine years earlier. So you figure that if somebody goes on a Stone Age diet, they were they were becoming they they were becoming uh, twenty years old. They they, la they lasted about twenty years. So if you're an unhappy <laughs> unhappy person on the, on a, a Stone Age diet, you know the game is over. <laughs> okay. All right, that's it. Thank you. Heidi Mueller. All right. Who are the miserable people? I wouldn't mind like a list or something. Of, wait, you have to stay up there. You're supposed to stay up there. I wouldn't mind a list of some. You said the miserable people, and I was like, oh, who are they? Like you could do a whole, like, I, I'd just be interested to, to hear who you think the miserable people are. Just, you know, and like, and why. And then, I mean, other than people being on a diet, because that's, I'm sure, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I thought the uh, the thing about living nine years less was a good opportunity to throw back, like, at least it's nine years that I wouldn't have to be on a diet. Or, like, it's nine years you don't have to diet. Um, and then, fuck, I really like something else. Maybe I'll think of it. I, I think there's a clearer way to set that joke up. I got it, but it took me a minute to see where you were headed. Um, and it's just a matter of, like, explaining that people didn't live very long in the Stone Age and jumping straight to it. Um, and I really liked the, there's a fatter person trying to come out. Yeah. And I feel like there's something more to that, like how you keep that in, or is that painful, or I don't know. It's a funny visual, too. It's a good joke. I, I like the idea of there like being a skinnier person and a fatter person like trying to come out, and they're like fighting. <laughs> and like I also like the idea of like the fatter person not being so like obvious about like, it's like, the fatter person like doesn't necessarily want to be fat, but they're just like lazy. Like you're having, you know, a piece of salad and lemon juice, and the fat person isn't like, no, eat a chocolate cake. But the fat person is like, no, you do that tomorrow, or like, I don't know, just a little more subtle. But like things that, like I always say, I'm gonna like be paleo, and then the next day I'm like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Like everyone does that, right? Yeah. Anyway. And by Stone Age diet, do you mean that paleo bullshit where they just say, yeah, they eat the, it's like raw. They're like, I'm going to eat raw meat and I never gain any weight. Like, All right. Okay. Gross. I would just like to offer you some chocolate chips. <laughs> All right. Clap your hands together, everybody. Heidi Mueller. The weird music in the fills tonight is a 1996 band called Reagan's Polyp. Just if you're curious. It's weird and I like it. Your next comedian, he's not so weird, uh, but he's a really good guy and he has funny jokes. And uh, yeah, it's you. He looks back like, is it, what, it, how's she gonna? He has a great show the last Wednesday of the month at the uh, Kells at Purple Onion. They keep changing the name. Put your hands together for Jeff Dean. <laughs> Right, it's called getting giggly with it, uh, and don't give me any feedback on that because I, I stress about it all the time, and I know it's probably bad. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, apparently it's fairly common I've realized for women to cry after sex. Right, guys? No? Yeah. But I've. <laughs> Uh, I've learned that it's also pretty common for women to cry after masturbating, which makes me feel a lot better, right? You know? Um, I'm actually kind of jealous. Like, talk about two great feelings one after another, you know? Back to back. Um, I feel like, you know, like, they're totally different feelings before, but, like, after they're basically the same. Like, they're, they're both just ways to deal with not having sex, you know, in a long time. Like both ways to sleep at night. Um, it's too dark. I don't know. Um, but like, you you ever see girls cry and then they run to their friends and like, oh my god, I had such a good cry, and then the the friends like, oh my god, like, did you get a lot out of it? And I'm like jealous. I feel like that's probably half the fun of crying. Like my friends never want to hear about that. You know, like why can't I talk about it? It's not fair. Um. I was, uh, f so I, I saw like my whole family for Thanksgiving. We decided to make like a family reunion out of it. 
and there's like 30 of us. Um, and I love family reunions. My favorite part is when you and your family are in the rental car, um, just completely berating the rest of the family, you know? <laughs> Like, I've never felt closer to my immediate family, you know? I haven't called my brother in two years, and we're high-fiving, you know, and it's great. Um, we're talking about my uncle, and we're not just, like, roasting him, you know? We're not like, oh, Uncle Steve, he's so flashy with his money. It's like, oh, Uncle Steve's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy, dude. Oh, all he cares about is money. I'm like, you know, high-fiving my mom. She's like, fuck my brother. That guy's an asshole. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's us against the world, you know? So I just found, like, if you want to be closer with any member of your family, you just have to find, like, another member you're both willing to be farther apart from and then just relate over how terrible they are. I wish I didn't talk shit about people so much. It's a bad quality. Um, uh, I've, I, uh, I hate hanging out with guys one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's terrible. Like, if I'm hanging out with two guys and one goes to the bathroom, I have a fucking panic attack. Um, like, I'm just hoping to God he's not taking a number two, you know? Uh, and the other day, my friend came, came in from, from Reno, from where I'm from, and he wanted to go out in San Francisco. He's like, let's go out. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. We're going to get some whiskeys on the rocks and talk about life, you know, have a mandate, you know. We're going to bro out. It's going to be great. And then uh, he says those dreaded words. And he's like, no, man, we're going out. We got to hook up with chicks. And I'm just like, no, you know. It's so unrealistic, you know. Like, what? Ruins the whole night. Now we're like on the edge of a dance floor, just like, looks like we're drawing up plays, staring at these girls. They, they like know we're coming like three minutes before. It's like, just give us a second, you know? And then we get there and what always happens is he starts making out with one of the girls and I'm just like, what happened to us, you know? Like, what? Uh, anyway, I'm Jeff Dean. That's my time. Jeff Dean! Likes boys, but not in that way. Like in a totally platonic kind of way. Yay! All right. What do you guys think about um, the uh, crying after orgasm or the crying after sex joke? I've heard you say that again. I've heard you say that before better. And I think you might have said cry after orgasm first, because when you say cry after sex to begin, then it kind of telegraphs. Like then you lose the punch of saying like that makes you feel better about when they cry after sex with you kind of part. I'm not. Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? Some women cry after they orgasm, no, like you yeah. know when they're masturbating, makes me feel better, no, etc. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 I like that. But it's a, it's the like good a joke with promise. Yeah, joke yeah. with promise. Thank you. That way you can actually hope that they cry. Like when they cry, you're like, yes, you know, that means you gave them an orgasm. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> good. You mentioned that one of your punchlines was going too dark. It wasn't. Oh, thank you. Go dark. No, I want you to go dark. I felt like if you had gone darker, it would have been more punchy. Okay. And then um, then there was the line. Oh, you said you have a panic attack when you hang out with another dude. And I was just yeah. wondering, you might want to explain that. Oh. Because most people, yeah. most guys, we most it's like I don't know what to talk about. Like feel that way when like with 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 women usually it's that they're socially awkward around a woman. But in your case, you're socially awkward around um, 
men. Yeah. And that might be like a reverse for a lot of people. Yeah, Maybe yeah. because with a woman, like if there's an awkward moment, you can just try like kissing her. <laughs> and, you know, getting physical will like relieve the awkwardness of trying to have a real conversation. Like okay. with men, you don't know what to do. You're like, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I really like your um, family joke that you get, you get closer to family members when you're against another one. That's really funny. <laughs> Thank you. And that'll dovetail nicely into your dream about having your great eulogy where you kill it at your brother's funeral. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you guys. See, I know your jokes. <laughs> Yay, Jeff Dean! Oh, yeah, okay. Well, okay, if you're willing to get vulnerable and fake about it, you could... Um, all, yeah, all about vulnerable. Uh, you could make, and I wasn't clear if you were almost gonna go there, you could make it a joke about you crying after masturbating. And you could also do, uh, when you're getting together with your friend, you could have just like slight moments of like, is this the friend I can cry with? Can I tell him about like, <laughs> yeah. like whatever thing? No, yeah, that's good. These are all great. Would you? No? Oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yay, Jeff Dean, yay! Why you smell so bad? 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 Your next comedian, she has a show here on Thursdays from 8 to 10 called Ask a Divorcee, and it's exactly that. You should call in at 415-550-0511 and ask her questions. Clap wildly now for Annette Mullaney. Um, so I've been dating a very handsome man. I'm not, I'm not trying to brag, it's just reality. Um, I know that he's a very handsome man because uh, strangers are really nice to us. Like, I think the women, I'm giving them hope. I've had a lot of women come up to me when he leaves, like go to the bathroom and they're like, good job, girl. Um, and I think men are being nice to me because they assume I have a lot of money or I'm really good at blackmail. There's some kind of dark magic working and they respect it. Um, but no, the, the secret how I'm dating this uh, incredibly handsome man um, is that he, you know, we're having the type of relationship where um, he can run train on the women of San Francisco. Um, it's good. This is my first round with an open relationship. I've been interested for a while, but um, I guess in my ideal, I was always winning. Um, so this is kind of an interesting turn for me. I mean, open relationships are great, right? Because then you're in a relationship, you gotta deal with all of those feelings and all that stuff, and then you also still have to go on dates with fucking randos. Um, yeah, who doesn't love dates, right? Um, I love dating, uh, you know, but uh, there's good things about it. There's good things about an open relationship. Um, foremost, obviously, is that jealousy has been the best diet I've ever been on. Um, you know, there's days where you're just, oh, so sick, you can't even eat. It's like every thrust into another lady is just a dagger in my stomach. <laughs> um, really effective diet. It beats my old diet, which was uh, binge eating, which did uh, also double as effective birth control. Don't know if you've ever eaten so much that you just couldn't fit anything else, even a dick. Um, but yeah, so dudes, I'm dating and I'm barely picky if you wanna get some spiteful puss. Um, let's see. Uh, it's weird, cause like, the open relationship, I don't even like sex that much, which everyone who's had sex with me would have no problem believing. 
Um, I'm not what you would call like really in the moment of it. Um, mostly I just, the only reason I usually like dating is to provide a venue for sex puns. Um, there's definitely a lot of uh, dates I've gone on where I ended up having sex just to follow through on the amazing pun that I came up with. Um, like I had a dude, you know, recently I went to like a carnival with a dude and he was like, oh, look at the Ferris wheel, do you wanna go up? And I was like, of course, you wanna go down. Um, or like I had a dude recently trying to give me a pep talk and he was like, you know, you can turn this around. And I was like, you can turn me around. Um, my therapist did not appreciate that. He said that was very off base. Um, but it often works, it often works. Um, so it's good now, we've had, we have a lot of friends in open relationships and they've been recommending reading materials for us, um, which is great, because you know what I thought would make this relationship a lot more fun is homework. Um, so that would be really good. Uh, so I smoke a lot of weed, um, which has an interesting relationship with comedy for me, because on one hand it makes me think I'm funny, on the other hand it doesn't really seem to make other people think I'm funny. Um, last week I got high before an open mic and proceeded to bomb really hard. Uh, like I was getting to the end of sentences with no idea of where they had started. It was so bad in fact that a, uh, a, a stranger in the crowd, a nice lady, after I sat down came over and kissed me on the forehead and said, it's okay sweetie. Um, which is nice because now I have a new low, right? As long as I don't arouse maternal instinct in women my age. If I don't sink to that depth of pity, then like it's an all right set. All right, thanks guys. Annette Mullaney, yay. Oh, and you know what? Your pants are fucking amazing. It looks like there's like a scarab on your crotch. Is that, is that like, that's, it's purposeful. It's great. I don't, yeah. It looks like a, it's, it's, they're beautiful. Can I see She's so brave. Yeah. <laughs> Comments. People, yeah, don't everybody move at once. Look at your material seemed good, uh, well, thought out, well polished. The uh, you had me at uh, really the bit about um, fuck. Well, mostly your sex talk was great from the puns mm -hmm. on. Uh, I really enjoyed those. It was the oh the line every thrust into another girl is like another dagger into my stomach. That matter. I that I thought was beautiful. Just the wording and all that. And then from then on, you 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 kept that theme going mm -hmm. throughout. So um, overall, I think everything is really well written. Okay. I like all the things that you say you have to deal with, and then the homework line is really funny. Yeah. I feel like you could tie it back in. Like you could keep reminding us, but like he's really good looking. Mm, okay. Just to be super shallow about it. There was mo one moment in there when you said the pun. You can turn me around. And then I don't know if the reaction, I think when you said my therapist didn't appreciate that, it was you talking to your therapist to try to seduce him. Was that yeah, right? Yeah, that was kind of. I, I, I agree with you, Ken. I didn't know until later. I was like, was she talking about her I, therapist bending her over? I think a, like a, maybe more of like a, just a slightly longer pause to then transition to that may have gotten us on that. Or, or that mention that you're bent over like his weird couch, like and those therapist couches are so hard to bend over or, or easy to bend over. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know what they have. They used to have the couches like the Freud couch or whatever, like the chaise. But maybe if you're bent, I, I didn't know. I agree with Ken. I was like, oh, I think she made a joke about fucking her therapist, but I'm not sure. Okay. Like that's where I was. I wanted a little more in either direction. Um, I, oh. Sorry. 
Um, I love the polyamory joke. I feel like everyone, like a lot of people either say good things or bad things about polyamory, but it's always like, how do you deal with the jealousy? But I love just how do you deal with like, you're still kind of single. Like that's, being single sucks. Like why are people excited about that? That's great. Um, so I think you could delve into that a little bit more. Like, Or being yeah, single like, is the worst. Like what? So now, why would you? I just thought it was funny. Like now I have to go on dates or like now I have to like put a Bumble profile. That I have says, to shave like, my vagina. Hope you're, hope you're okay with polyamory. Or like, yeah, exactly. Like think of all the great things about being in a relationship and then like turn it around. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Um, and then also I love the, that like you said guys who are with me know that I don't like sex that much or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think you could also say like you're bad at faking orgasms or something or like you've given up trying to fake like you because you got called out for it or something or like in my head I just like imagined that there's all of these women just competing with like how good they are at fake orgasming because like guys are so used to fake orgasms now that they're just like which one's real. The bar's really high. They have to be this really good, like long orgasm joke. <laughs> well, all you these comedians the talk about fake orgasming, and like orgasm. I don't believe girls anymore when they tell me. <laughs> I'm just like, did you? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> all right, everybody, to Emma Lady, yay! Check it out, seven hundred pound monster truck driver, mama. Now I'm imagining Jeff Dean on this weird like um, this weird reality TV show in the future where it's just like him in a chair and there's girls that fake orgasms in front of him and he's got to be like, I believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> You're like, the, sorry. And they're like, Jeff Dean's qualified because he's seen lots of fake orgasms. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Your next comedian. Uh, I'm so glad she's in town. This is so exciting. I don't know how long she's going to be here, but it's great that she's here now. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for Molly Trad. <laughs> the caught behemoth, dressed up bathroom mirrors, splattered with poo. I actually still live here. Um, yep, I just stopped doing this for a while, and I'm back. I don't even know how to start this. So, hello. I also have a boyfriend. That's, uh, well, she's gone now. But I also have a boyfriend. It's very exciting for me. I don't get those often. It's a real one. He likes me. It's wonderful. Um, We started going out like two months ago, and we're basically living together. And uh, I don't know, uh, he's very intuitive. He's a very, very intuitive man to the point where it's kind of annoying. We were with our roommate now because I live with him, so the roommate is my roommate too. And we were watching a cooking show, and uh, we get like two minutes into the cooking show, and my boyfriend Chauncey is like, her mom died of cancer. And I was like, it's just rice noodles. He was like, and she, damn it, I am nervous. Fuck, okay. Taking it back to the top. Her mom died of cancer, he said, while we were watching a cooking show. And I was like, it's just rice noodles. And he was like, and her husband beats her. And I was like, how are you getting this from marinated chicken? 
And she, he was like, she's sad. And I was like, oh, God. And by the time we got on to the Italian carrot cake, he was on his phone like, oh, I'm sorry. Her sister died of cancer. Yeah, that was supposed to be a good punchline there. <clears throat> Thank you, Pam. And, uh, <laughs> and look at these pictures of her husband beating her. Look at that. So I was just like, oh, my God. Um, Never let him Google anything anymore. I was like, from rice noodles, how are you getting that? So, uh, I don't know. I get nervous when we watch things together now because I'm just, like, afraid of what he's going to pull out. That boxer has a peanut allergy. <laughs> Doogie Hauser was bit by a rabid dog at the age of 12. It's what gave him the drive to succeed past Doogie Hauser. I was supposed to say Neil Patrick Harris. God, I hate I actually am nervous. Oh, I miss this, though. Anyway, he's got me trained. Whenever he's like, do you want me to Google that? I'm like, no, please don't. Put your phone down. Um, it's fine. Anyway, I, uh, I thought I would come back to stand-up comedy for politics, but no, I came back because I'm in love, and apparently it's affecting my punchlines. That's okay. Um, on the politics tip, just a little bit. I love our roommate. He's a gay Pakistani Muslim immigrant, so we're going to have a room for rent soon. Just want to put that out there for everyone. Um, that's all I have to say on Trump, and that's really all I have to say in general. Um, damn it. Work with me, people. Punch up these punchlines. Thank you. That Molly Dredd, she's back. She asks the age-old question, can you be happy and still write good jokes? Doing it. <laughs> She's doing it. I used to say the same thing about poetry. I used to be like, oh, I can't be happy and write good poems. I have to be sad and depressed. So welcome to your relationship. Grab it. What Grab it you? hard, Allison. I'm sorry. He already has oh, okay. What are you trying to say with the first joke? Is the joke about he's intu he's just intuitive, he can guess things really well, and you're frustrated, like, fuck you? Or is it that he just does this and he gets it wrong? Because you, he went on the rant, and you could have ended it with just a rant, like, how are you guessing all this stuff? But then you added in the, you tied in the, now he's checking them to validate his claims. What freaked me out was that he got it right, that he was that watching a cooking mm -hmm. show and he knew someone in the family had cancer and her husband beat her, which I thought was very impressive. So this really did happen. That really, really did happen. Is it Giardia? What? Is it the Giardia girl, that skinny girl that's so skinny? It's Nigella something or other? Nigella, rather? right. Okay, no, okay, different one, yeah. Okay. Are you just concerned like why he knows about this? Mm -hmm. Is he watching daytime TV? Like why does he know this information about this cooking person? Um, what magazines is he reading? <laughs> I was concerned because I don't know what else he can tell from things, but I but Bring it was up. like it was just weird the way he actually um, the way he got these terrible things from what was like a really nice Thai recipe. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was when you said that like you were concerned that he. Can, you, you don't know what he can tell now. You could bring that on you and be like, dude, what did he read into me? Yeah. When he met me or something like that. Yeah. Does he know about my HPV? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know you were not done. I'm sorry. 
Huh? No, I had finished. Oh. Uh, just, I was going to say also at the beginning that I was confused by that joke. So I needed more explanation that, that he was getting it right. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just saying random things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I was also going to say after that, like you are worried what he knows about you that you haven't told him. Mm-hmm. And if it's all hell stuff, it can be like an STD that mm-hmm. he can see, but mm-hmm. just by knowing you or something. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy's going to be really hard to lie to. Like something as simple as that as well. Yeah. Fake orgasms. We can exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Does he know all my fake orgasms? <laughs> Other comments? That's it. All right. Molly Trad. <laughs> <laughs> we have two comedians left. So stick around. Your next comedian. Uh, he lives in Hayward, which uh, some people. Uh, fine, sad. <laughs> that was one of Heidi Mueller's jokes. Put your hands together for Cole as Sexton. Hey, I'm actually a transient now. Uh, I uh, I actually live in San Francisco. I just consider everybody who lives here a transient. There's nothing to applaud for. I hate this town. Um. Yeah, where can I start? Uh, everybody's talking about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, let's see. Uh, went and had a meeting with the uh, maternal side of the family. Uh, not much is known about me uh, other than the fact that I am very angry. I'm keeping it at that. And now that they think, somehow it got out that uh, somehow my, pol- my political views and my sexuality got out. And uh, my family started digging into that at the dining t- at the dining table, and they were like, "Chloe, just want to know: Are you dating? Have you dated? All this other stuff?" And I said, "You know what? Yes, I've dated. I've even actually slept with a woman. And guess what? She had HIV." And they said, "What? You slept with a woman who had HIV? Yes, a hairless, inward-facing vagina. That's what she had. All right." Moving right along, the house that I went to was in East Oakland. Uh, my cousin doesn't cut his grass. That shit is as tall as your knees, and you can get lost in it. It's like going on a jungle safari. I walked right into that shit, and I got lost. I didn't come out until Friday. Uh, you can imagine how Easter's are over there, because my cousin, instead of just mowing his grass down for small children to go Easter egg hunting, he leaves that shit up, and it's survival for us. I have lost many cousins along the way over the years. It's a very sad experience. I found one cousin later on. He's illiterate now. He's illiterate. He got lost in tall grass for 16 years. Didn't see him for a very long time. For a very long time. Oh, man. So we just talked about family gatherings, illiteracy. We all laughed at that. Hey, make America great again, right? Yeah, that's what we're doing. One step at a time. But nah, man, let's talk about some real shit, though. You know, let's talk about jobs. You know, eventually, jobs are just going to fade away. You know, we're going to get a universal income. But until that time comes, you know, I'm still doing my job, you know, as a driving ed instructor. I mean, it's cool, but like at the same time, it ain't cool. Like I had one kid, you know, I couldn't tell he was fully black. Turns out that his mom was white and his dad was African. And so, you know, he gets in the car. I go pick him up. He gets in the car. You know, we're on a first name basis. And I'm like, how you doing, Calvin? He's like, you know what, Cole? I'm real good, man. I'm real nigga feeling right now. 
because of his cultural heritage, I don't think that that's right for him to say. You know, I think it's cultural appropriation. I really, really think that's cultural appropriation. You know, I told him, you know, I don't think you should be talking like that, man. You know, you know, it's like, what if I said, you know, uh, huh? I had something about the Atlantic slave trade in there, and then I forgot it. Oh well, for a hundred years and counting. All right, but I'm Tish. That was a joke. Ha <laughs> All right, we just had some black humor. Let's go on to some dark humor right now. All right, yeah, but I'm Tish. I'm going to end it on this joke, you know, since I'm just spitballing here. Uh, I've been late paying my bill to Verizon for many, many months now. Uh, gotten to the point so bad where it's, I, I can't talk to another human being about it. And I rather talk to an automated system. But, you know, we're going to a land of automation to a time of automation in, in our period in our lives contemporarily when uh, the automated voice message takes on a black woman's voice and says that it's become sentient and its name is Vatanta and you will address it as such. Yeah, yeah, so joke workshop, working out jokes. Okay, yeah, that's my time. Cool as sex day! Well, I, I gotta say, I love the new upbeat character that you're in persona you're taking on stage. That it's is, amazing. That is awesome, Kim. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Uh, you might want to address what your sexuality is because there's like all these questions of what it could be. And you, if you, just that subject of your sexuality, because I know you would probably have a lot of people just dying. Like you'd run that out for five minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, you addressed Autumn's, oh, you were talking about, uh, and I knowing you, the, the bit about the grass and your cousin was good. Was like, that felt like the joke you had written out, really thought out. Mm -hmm. um, explore, because I know this is stuff that matters to you, things such as uh, the complete automation of the jobs, particularly with regards to the the woman at the end, yeah. uh, Fontana? Fontana. Fontana, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I, I liked the thought of like, Guys now having to answer to maybe like, uh, and this is me because of where I my viewpoint, like a a a, a black woman uh, dom mistress <laughs> over the yeah. phone, but who isn't even real technically it, yeah. speaking. And then you could yeah. go into you know deeper, more metaphysical issues. What makes a person sentient or not, whatever. Uh, and then for a response to the kid, you can't. Did you have a response? You just forgot it. Yeah. Because oh, there's no. a lot that you no, could go I with just, that. Yeah, like no, I don't know. I feel yeah. like um, when talking about Africa, you can make like a joke about like maybe starvation or cannibalism, like some like really bad stereotype, and throw it back in his face, right. or be like, oh, that's like me saying I feel right now to him uh, or something like that. You know? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't catch what he said that was cultural appropriation. He said he was real nigga feeling. That he has an African father and a white mother. Okay. So, yeah, I thought that... Uh, He's culturally appropriating being black in America, right. being an African American. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, more like, make sure you punch that, what he says, a little stronger so we hear it. I wasn't sure, I think, I thought I heard it, but I wasn't positive. Because oh, okay. it just, it maybe say how he says it and... You could do it how in a very African American way, and that can be cultural appropriation. Right. I think that's a funny concept. We just make it more clear. 
Okay. And I mean, you could really dive into that as well because a lot of people don't realize, or they think black is black. They don't see the difference. So oh, yeah. you really could bring in the cultural divide and bring that up as well. Okay. Yeah, because you could appropriate Africa and that would be ridiculous too. Yeah. I think you should start appropriating West Oakland and you should bring it here to San Francisco. <laughs> uh, oh, I also wanted to hear... The, oh my God, the, that is so West Oakland. <laughs> I also really wanted to hear the Thanksgiving conversation. Like that is really funny. Just oh, yeah. but like just telling us we were talking about my sexuality and what at the dinner table. They were talking my my. It actually Pol- my, politics. my politics and my my sexuality got out uh, around because it got it actually did get out that I was an asexual and then like my family was like a little amiss of what that was. Because so. then you had to like define it for them and yeah. explain and you're eating turkey. Yeah, like that yeah, could be just yeah. a funny scene you could set for us, just exaggerate everything that actually happened. And just, yeah. And just reinform that you still like grabbing the pussy. I mean, you could... <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought I'm you so were going to go it's with legal it, to like grab it. political <laughs> yeah. ideas. And, well, uh-huh. Remember when we were at the store and they asked you when was the last time you came and you said 09 like you could tie that into the conversation that coming up when was the last time you blah 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 like 2009 they asked yeah they asked me when was the last time that I that I masturbated that was a very rude and invasive question but at yes. the store or the dinner table at, at the store no, what, my, family, my family is too uptight to ask some shit like that oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny though <laughs> yeah yeah all right, thank you. Clap wildly, Cola, Sex, and Yay! Joe works out. All right, we have one last comedian. Thank you guys for sticking through the whole group. Clap your hands together in a slappy-like motion for Ken Suzuki! Thank you. Damn, Jeff, that was an amazing like set you did during feedback, by the way. I had no idea George Costanza could be so attractive with the questioning of the orga. I was like, damn, I feel like I'm watching a very handsome Woody Allen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, not with the same jawline, but it was beautiful. Uh, you, on that topic, you guys ever overthink masturbation like to the point of just killing your arousal? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, what is this getting me off? Am I just furthering the patriarchy by watching this? And isn't the fact that all these guys can only come white just more proof of the evidence of white privilege? Why the lack of orgasmal diversity? Uh, And the problem is, the problem becomes that once you do find that thing that gets you off, however disturbing it is, you can no longer be unaroused by it, you know? It's just you now here in that knowledge that that incest donkey granny porn, that's your thing now. And you've got to live with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's really no dignified way to masturbate. There is. There is, not a, there is no dignified way to masturbate. Even if you're wearing a smoker's jacket and smoking a pipe, you can't be staring at your computer like... Stroke, stroke, although it may not be dignified, but why not make it a fucking show? Because with the NSA and the surveillance that we now know their government does, we've all kind of become amateur cam girls in our own right. 
So I'm like, oh, I'll give you something to watch. You start talking dirty to your webcam. No one's there. You're just like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas you're watching porn, whatever it is. Like, oh, yeah, schlag, yeah, schlag. Oh, bison, you know, Schilton. Oh, he's schießen deine Augen. Yeah, yeah, watch me. I'll work in the German somehow. Anyway. Sex is better, though, folks, with an element of danger, I think. It really is. I mean, no matter what your proclivities are, whether it's just, you know, go raw dogging at Burning Man, sex with that. My personal favorite, though, is this, because I really like my sex to be life-threatening. I like to go to pro or anti-Trump rallies to pick up women. Yeah, I didn't vote for him, but they don't know that. And there's nothing like me telling them, telling them that I did while they're riding me mid-cowgirl. Learn a lot about America this way. First thing I learned, everybody has a gun. It's true. Second thing you learn in this situation, it is true, you cannot, indeed, you cannot talk with a gun in your mouth. Oh, but boy, can you sure come. Should probably just start spitballing stuff since I have time up here. When you run out of written ideas. Uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that creative. Those are all the things I've written down. So I'm going to want feedback on the first two particularly. Because I really want to make those work. Thank you. He wants to make a gun in his mouth work, everybody. It's Ken Suzuki. No, that, yeah. Yeah. How do you make the gun in the mouth joke work? You, you know, you know. There's already George Davis has a whole joke spawned off of your joke about the gun in the mouth. So the gun in the mouth premise has legs because clearly another comedian has is is up on the idea to even just to make fun of me. I know. No, but I, but the thing is that he wouldn't do it if it did it if it wasn't like somehow triggering something or being visceral in some way. If we aren't like whoa, like it's just about finding the key to make it work, right? Like, you've got a unique idea here that no one else is really jumping on. So if you could make that funny to like, you know, the people, I mean, how do you, but it's how do you take, like, how do you bridge it to something that, no offense, normal people would be dealing with in there? Like, is it like a water gun in the mouth? Like, how do you bridge up? How do you get to the real gun? Do you start with a water gun? Do you start with one with a little red end on it? Do you start with a... You start with a super soaker. That's too big, right? Uh, I, I want like, feedback you, on the first two that I was talking about. But yeah, I'll take the mouth. gun in the mouth feedback. Flushing it out as we go along. Flushing it out. Maybe you make some sort of backstory about like a time where a kid put a super soaker in your mouth, and then like, and then you were in high school, and it had like alcohol in it, and then this one time at like Burning Man, it was acid, and now you're like got this gun thing, and then it came white. <laughs> one time it was coconut water, and it was white. <laughs> It'll be clear. We're trying to. I don't know. I like the idea that I could die, but I'll I'll figure that one out. Like I'll work it into my set that way. Uh, my question, like, so the first two about overthinking masturbation. All right, okay, so that should be abandoned, or it's got legs, and you guys don't think it just work it out. The overthinking masturbation. It used to be over- overthinking, like uh, masturbating to the point of killing your boner. 
Then I chose, I wanted to make it more universal, so I turned it to arousal, which I think killed the punch, but meant that I would have to do a lot more afterwards to try to set it back up. I do, but you're but you're talking about overthinking the porn. You're not overthinking anything else, right? Or just when you're masturbating, like you're overthinking what's getting you off. You're like, fuck, what does this mean about me? <laughs> huh? Like you really you really begin to question yourself because you'll come to some fucked up shit in your lifetime. But before that day comes, god damn it! <laughs> before that day arrives, uh, you'll probably wonder, like, uh, should I should I be what? What am I? Okay, well, this is my thing now. <laughs> Then I started living it. That's funny. You're too caught up in the like the political <laughs> aspects of it. That's actually funny. No, no, that was that was a play off of if we're being surveyed through our webcam. That was a completely different joke. Just giving them a show, and then so I wanted like, oh yeah, she's on that. Like I'm coming, I'm coming to shoot in your eye, or something like that. And like, yeah, that's me like talking to the NSA as they watch me because I'm giving them a show. But that's that's a different joke. And I haven't figured out how to set that one up yet either, but that was... This, this might totally just be personal just for me, but I find it a little too much of a visual doing the jerk-off motion on stage. Like, okay. it makes me a little uncomfortable, and that might just be a personal thing. That might be, like, a something mm-hmm. to think about. I don't know. Okay. Anyone agree? This is dark, but you might want to work with it. Let's see. Oh. So women tend to overthink. I don't think women overthink masturbating as much. I don't need any visual aids. I get all fine by myself. But women overthink sex because a lot of times, mm-hmm. like, the percentage of women who've had sexual trauma is higher than men. So you can do just, like, one weird thing. Like, there's a feather brushing, and it reminds you of that time your uncle touched you. So it's, like, <laughs> it's very, like, it's... Uh, Thank you for laughing at that, Pam. I thought it was a punchline too. Uh, no, I think but, it's good. But so yeah, scary something, uncle. Something along the lines of that, like the the this the same thing, different situation. It's the triggering. The thing is that you've gotta you've you've gotta somehow connect with the audience in a way, and you're doing it. It's really dangerous the way you're doing it too, because like going in like especially sexual sex, sexually deviant wise people don't want to admit that anyway so they're going to be standoffish so you're like you're going in with a tough knife if you know what i mean like you're you're sort of doing surgery on a live patient i don't know how to anesthetize them a little bit so they're good with the idea because like you're you're basically like just diving into sexual deviance which isn't a problem you just have to make them like you before you jump in the pool do you know i just mm-hmm. mixed way too many metaphors but, like, that's what you got to, because otherwise they're like, oh, my God, gun in the mouth, whoa, and they just, like, but, like, we, I mean, we could get down, but, like, it's an idea that it, it, it exists, and it should be, you know, it can be funny. We can bring these, we can bring these interesting nuances of people's fetishism to light. Why not? 
Like, um, for example, someone has a joke. She does it. Nicole Love. I've seen her twice this week, and she does it, and she just throws it in where she's like talks about being in the children's aisle at um, Walmart, and she likes to put her toes in Play-Doh, whatever. But she throws. It's a throwaway. Like mm-hmm. her sexual deviance is like she puts her toes in Play-Doh. But she's engendering herself to the audience while she does it, so no one's like, oh, weird, Play-Doh toes. So you don't want to be like, oh, weird, gun in the mouth guy. You know? Does that make sense? But I applaud what you're doing, Ken Suzuki, and we all are going to do it right now. Applaud, Ken Suzuki! Yay! Because we have um, just a few minutes left here, does anybody have any shows they want to promote that are upcoming? This is the opportunity to get up on stage and talk about your upcoming shows if you want, just because we have empty time here at the end. I don't have any new jokes. Does anybody want to promote anything? No one wants to promote anything, really. No, no one has any upcoming shows. No one's anywhere. This is all you do. No one's at the anywhere. Okay, all right. Uh, well, this has been Joke Workshop. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight and every Monday. We're coming up on our... I think three-year anniversary. It is so hard to figure out time here at Mutiny Radio. It just, it just keeps going, uh, and the board always looks the same. But thank you for joining us. It's like from 1970. It's this crazy huge thing. Uh, and uh, join me on Wednesday from noon to two on the AltaCast with uh, special guests. Oh God, I can't remember there, but it's a band. I got a band. And then we're listening to all of the applications for the Mutiny Radio 2017 submissions. The comedy festival, that's going to be great. And then on Some Call Me Tim, we have Adrien Villagnon. And uh, join us on Fridays for a happy hour and then for Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse this week featuring Greg Gettle. You might have heard him uh, tonight. And it's a really great pot show. So, hey, everybody. Uh, see you later. I get a little horny and I'm on a little funky. Give me something back. I won't make fun of it. Roll around without a mind. I try to pretend it won't make any difference. Make the pleasure face make the kiss. The lips look so real. No one can tell that you're still thinking. And when it's all over, you and I can roll around in the slick. Honey butter, honey butter. Rub it in my back, rub it in my back. You look like you're clean and you smell like you're shaving Climb up on the cigarette and make it like a monkey You pump your funky uh, Okay, and finally, I don't do drugs that much Speaking of getting high in the beginning uh, Because uh, they're too expensive Like rather, Dare shouldn't be like Because Dare would right now, they're like If you do drugs, your dick will fall off And then kids do drugs and their dicks remain attached to their body Instead, they should be like, if you do drugs, you won't be able to afford nice things. Okay, we just, I shouldn't do that in this crowd, because you all love your drugs. Okay, you know what? Pretend I closed on the gay NFL thing. Arjun doesn't love drugs as much as the rest of us. What's wrong with him? All right, comments from the comment people. Ginny's up. I'm up. Can you hear me? You certainly can. I like the I like the drugs thing, but I, I thought it needed like a better punch than like you just can't afford nice things. Like I thought there were a lot of kind of like funnier opportunities. like a lot of things in between not getting nice things and having your dick fall off basically, or just like very or getting really specific could be funny. Like you won't be able, you'll be stuck at like a BART station in Millbrae. And, you know, something like that. Like something I don't know. Okay. Are, are you? From Millbrae, yeah. Alright, cool. Well yeah. <laughs> 
I, I liked your um, non, you did it twice. You did segues that were completely non sequitur, and I enjoyed that very much just because it was like a misdirect within your own set. You just kind of were like, and then now for something completely different at the end, and then the first one when you started talking about world politics. I liked the, the non sequitur switch. And uh, I don't know if you know about this, about the poo. <laughs> um, I read this cookbook from the 60s that was um, in, it was, no, it was an Indian cookbook, and they said that the way that they used to keep their house clean, and especially their kitchen, is they would get cow shit, and they would put a thin layer of cow shit on the kitchen floor, and that was what they used as a disinfectant. This is real. I read this in a book. They also used cow poo as their main source of making heat to cook food, so I don't know. It's an Indian thing that, I mean, you're Indian. I don't know if you knew that. That's, I did not know that. So, yeah, the, they actually use cow shit as like a, a thing. So maybe their house doesn't smell like people shit. It smells like cow shit. Um, and you could put a, together a little tag at the beginning about the American thing. Like, we don't give a shit about taking a shit <laughs> or something like, because you don't have to. Cause, yeah. Yeah. It's taking care of you. Okay. But I enjoyed those jokes very much, especially the stuff about India. I liked it. Thank you very much. More, more, more. Anybody else have things to say? Find a microphone. No one, everyone loved it so much. Yeah. If you loved it that much, clap wildly. Yeah. Yay. Everybody likes your jokes, Arjun. Yay. Winning. All right, your next comedian. He runs a great show at OMG on Tuesdays. It now has a front light. And the thing that I love and respect so much about Greg Gettle is he makes everyone sit in the front row if they want to get up, which is great. So he keeps an audience there all night to laugh at your jokes on Tuesday. Put your hands together right now. The very funny Greg Gettle. All right. Uh Thank you. 
Yeah, 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 yeah.